0: We've been looking at Galatians chapter 5, where the Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, through 23, and today is on faithfulness. Can somebody say faithfulness? faithfulness? Faithfulness. That is going to be a great one, faithfulness, and I want to speak on this fruit today. In our lives, we realize faithfulness is so foundational to the other fruits because it helps us have staying power to stay with it, even though the tide may feel that it's against us, that you stay in it as a believer. Faith is so vitally important because it helps us hang in there, helps us hang in there. So we know this, every person has faith in something. Christians and non-Christians have faith in something. Isn't that true? So for the believer in Christ, our faith is in God. For, for, for the non-believer, their faith could be in a plethora of other things, circumstances, people, things that they can cling on to. So every person has faith. John Bazagno once put it like this. Faith is the heart of life. Think of it. You go to a doctor whose name you can't pronounce. He gives you a prescription you cannot read. You take it to a pharmacist you've never seen. He or she gives you a medication you don't understand, and yet you take it. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're like, okay. So faith is in our life, whether we think so or not, that it is evident. And today, I just want to talk about this act of faith and the acts of faith that we are called to as believers. Act of faith. Can you say that? Act of faith. That is what God has called us to do. And that is what God responds to in our lives. And as believers, this fruit is so vitally important. Our faith in God has to be grounded in Him. Here's the key thought big things happen when we act in faith. Amen? Big things happen when we act in faith. Now, I know that as I preach this message, I'm gonna be pushing up against people that are inside of here with thought processes because human reasoning comes into mind, our rationale comes into mind during this, and we think, wow, I'm just gonna be comfortable and play it safe in the decision making that I'm called to move forward on. You know, we grow up learning, we touch the hot stove and say, "Well, that's irrational, I'm not gonna do that again. We get hurt by somebody and we say, I won't do that again. We do life many times through just the rational and our reasoning, but God has called us to acts of faith as believers in him. He's a faithful God. I'm going to try to convince you today to look at some areas in your life where you're too guarded, you're too careful, and you're too safe. And I want to encourage you in those areas to stop holding back, to stop holding back. And I want to encourage you to move forward, to take some risks. To make some decisions, and the people around you and the world around you maybe won't even understand, but you're going to move forward. So, big things happen when we act in faith. And I I want us to look in 2 Kings chapter 3 today, because that's the basis of where we're gonna talk out of. There's so many great verses inside and chapters in the Bible that talk about God, faithful, and what we're called to do. But I wanna look at this one today 2 Kings chapter 3, 15 through 20. Now, I'm going to set this up for you because there is, this is a story of three kings who are joining forces together uh, against one other king. And they assumed that they would defeat their enemy quickly. It would be done. It would be over with quickly, in, in and out. And so they're in this desert. They hadn't brought enough water. So now that the battle is more difficult than they had anticipated, taking longer than they thought, they ran out of water. And the military leaders, they get together and they begin to talk about how hard it really is and they feared that the soldiers might die because of thirst and so that they feared, wow, we're gonna to have to shut things down here and we might have to go home without having won their battle. So they called for Elisha, which is a prophet in the Old Testament. They called for Elisha, the prophet of God. They sent for him and asked him, would you come and would you advise us and would you pray over us? And he had a reputation to hear from God. As a prophet of God, that's what he was called to do. And to tell people what God was saying. And before I get to verse 15, and even the story before you get to verse 15, know this. Elisha had some swag. This guy had some swagger, you know, to put it in our terminology today. He was mentored by Elijah. He kind of takes a few jabs at them as you look at the story before 15. Now he's like, you know, you want to hear from God You've ignored God up to this point. You haven't cared for God up until now. But It's not that exact wording uh, per se, but that is what he's saying in them. He kind of says, "Your mama. I mean, that's what he kind of says, you know? <laughs> you know. And so he, he's, he gets over that. And the next thing he says is, how about you bring me a musician? How about you bring me a musician, verse 15, and some of you in this room might not understand the power of music, but I want to tell you that there's power in Christian music, Christian worship, things that are uplifting to help you in the battle that you are going through, to help usher you into the presence of God all throughout the day, many times a day, when you're having a bad day, that you know, worshiping the Lord can help you get over that bad day quick. Amen? He's saying in all of this talk, he said, I want you to bring me me a musician. But now bring me a musician, he says. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Thus says the Lord, you need to dig some ditches. Everybody say, dig some ditches. Tell your neighbor, dig some ditches. He continues, for thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind nor shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand and you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good place of land with stones. Now what happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered, That suddenly water came by way of Edom, and the land was filled with water. So the instruction was for the army, dig ditches in this valley, in this desert place, and when they did that, God caused water to rise from the earth. This is not like the water we've been getting. The water we have been getting has been rain out of the heavens, right, physically, He's saying this is different in that this water is not gonna come from the heavens. This water is going to come up from the ground and you're going to see it. So he tells them, dig the ditches. Dig it and be obedient. The prophet of God speaking for God, telling him to this people, to these kings, hey, if you wanna see the victory of God, you're gonna have to dig it. How many of you know that God could have just spoken it into being and there would have been ditches. Come on, can I see your hands in this place? If you see it, yeah, yeah. Some of you believe that, some of you don't, that's okay. That God could have spoken it into being, he could, boom, and could have, there could have been ditches. He could have done it because he's God. He could have done it, but God didn't do that, and there's a reason that he didn't do that is that he wanted them to be a part of the process. He wanted them to step out with acts of faith So when we show God our faith, God shows us his faithfulness. I want you to get that into your spirit today, that when we show God our faith, God shows us his faithfulness. You need to know that today. You you need to get that one into your spirit. As we look at the story, this is so common in the Old Testament, so common in the New Testament, Jesus said to a man with a withered hand, remember this? This this man, is he's got a withered hand in the New Testament. He was withered in some way. And so you see it, his hand was literally, literally withered, shriveled up. And Jesus, he didn't say, hand be straightened out. He started with, stretch out your hand. And as the man did it, it was healed. Another time, Jesus said to the man, pick up your mat and walk. Remember that story? Well, I mean, hey, Jesus, could you, could you just heal me first? He told the lepers, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says that while they were going, while they were on their way, they were healed. Are you hearing me, Abundant Life, today? While they were in route, he wanted acts of faith. Go, and while you are going, come on, can somebody say go? Go, and while you are going, this is going to take place in your life. This is going to take place in your heart and not only in your physical body. You're going to see it spiritually. This is going to take place. He didn't even promise them anything. You imagine the lepers. Well, well, why would I go? Why would I go back to the priest again? He's just going to tell me you got to go back to the leper colony, and that's where we've always gone. And I'm going to go back there, and I'm a leper, and and I'm and I'm dying, and I'm shriveling up, and I'm going to be considered an outcast. But you see inside of that that you see that they obeyed the words of the Lord, and as they were going, they were healed, they were touched, they were restored. The word faithfulness in the New Testament means loyalty that you and I are loyal to the very words that God has given to us, that we bank on those words no matter what is going on, no matter what we see, and no matter what we feel, we are loyal to the word of the Lord. Also, it carries with it the word courage, that we would step out and be courageous men and women of God to take what God has had to say over our lives and be faithful to that calling to the very end. Right? Every every This... Uh, a few months ago, Kristen and I got to share a wonderful 25th anniversary, and we went to Hawaii, and, and many of you know that, and we got to go and renew our vows, and, and as we there, were there, every morning when we woke up, uh, we made sure that we took the breakfast option. How many you know the breakfast option is good? It's even better in Hawaii. Go find out, right, Mike? So you got to go. Okay, so as you go, every morning you get up and you have this fresh fruit, and it is just amazing, and I tell you, every morning they cut up. This fresh pineapple that they had, somebody faithfully brought it, brought it out every morning. And let me tell you, I faithfully, we faithfully took it, faithfully took it because it was absolutely amazing. Fruit was amazing. Faithful. Some of you last week, I know I talked about a peach. You were hoping to leave and get a peach in your hand. I'm sorry about that. So, um, But today it's not like you're getting whole pineapples, but we got some pineapple juice for you, and it's frozen. It's going to be good. So you're not going to want to miss that. So, you know, I'm trying to make up for last week. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry about that. But see, Hebrews 11, verse 6 says, and without faith, it's impossible to please who? Impossible. God is all about faith. Do you know where God works his best stuff? Faith. Acts of faith. Do you want to know where God gets the most glory? It's a place of faith. A place of faithfulness that you would just stay in there. James 2.17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Is what? It's dead. It's dead. So maybe you're here today, and let's just kind of break this down for real life. Maybe you're hoping for God to put the right people in your life, and and you might even be praying for that, and you're not realizing that before right people come, come into your life, that you have to dig some ditches of personal faith and personal growth so that you're the right person that the right people have for your life. You have to dig some ditches. It doesn't happen automatically. You have to dig some ditches in your life for, for that to happen. We wish things would just happen automatically many times. We're just hoping that it would, but, but we have to dig some ditches. So maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor, Pastor, I, I just want a man of God. Maybe you're a, lady, you're a lady here, and you're like, I just, I'm i just looking for a man of God. I, I'm, I'm looking for that man of God, and I've been searching for him, and, and um, I, God, I don't want a loser. I don't, I don't want a loser, God. I mean, you know, not, not a loser, not a loser, not a loser. I want a winner. God, no more losers. But the person you're hanging around is a loser, and they got all kinds of baggage. And you're praying to God to send the right people in your life. You got to dig some ditches in your life to get the right people into your life. Amen. You have to dig some ditches in your life. People are just hoping it shows up. It's not going to happen. you got to be faithful digging your ditches of victory. You want a winner? Hang out with winners. You want a victory? you got to be in the circle of victory. You've got to take steps in your faith where God is calling you to dig some ditches. And I'm going to ask you that today. Where is God calling you to dig some ditches? You've got to be willing to move forward. So many people are immobilized right now. I'm speaking to people in this room. You are literally, mm, you're frozen. You're immobilized. God's saying it's time for acts of faith. So pastor, you're saying I have to give up those friends? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Some of you are like, I just wanted you to hear. Yes. Come on, church, help me out. Come on. There's a lot of people in this room, you're better for it because you found new friends. Yeah. Amen. Amen? It doesn't mean those other people are evil. It just means they're not going the direction you're going. You love them, and you want to draw them to the cross. But come on, you got to start hanging out with winners. So many of you in this room have done this. You've taken the steps forward of personal growth. You've stayed faithful even when no one was looking. You have stayed faithful to the Course even when no one saw you do what you were doing and you've stayed faithful to it and you've done the right things and you've made the right choices and you had a right heart in it. And you know that, you're just saying, hey, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be a part of Abundant Life Church, no matter who goes with me and my friends or whatever, because I'm gonna come and be a part and marry into a church like that that loves us and, 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 and is for me. And, and there's, there's those of you that are here today that you know, you've wanted to be a part of a small group and you're gonna make a decision because when we start Life Groups back Back up again that you're going to make the decision to step out with acts of faith and you are going to come and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to come to a small group because man, I want to get fed there and I want personal growth because I'm going to do the right things even if my friends are not following me. There may be students in the room today that you're here and you've never come and darkened the door to, to midweek, our Crave Student Ministry, but you're going to make the choice today. No matter what your friends are doing on Wednesday night, you're going to come and you're going to take the step and you're going to step out in faith and you're going to come and you're going to find new friends that are life-giving to your life. Amen? That, that's what it takes. That's an act of faith. Some of you tonight, you're a young adult of the place, you've never been to a young adult event, you can come for their time and be a part of that, that you felt all squeamish and awkward inside, that you're going to come and you're going to push past your personal best, and you're going to be a part of it, and you're going to have an act of faith in your life that God is going to see. That's what I'm talking about. Amen? And then along the way, while you're going and you're staying faithful, all of a sudden you find yourself surrounded by the people that you wanted in your life, but uh, all started with an act of faith. Your faith is tied to God's faithfulness. Your faith is tied to God's faithfulness. No, I I understand. God is faithful regardless, but your faith is tied to God's faithfulness. It's together. You can't separate it. We've dedicated our our three children to the Lord, like many of you have. We dedicated them as babies. We, we, We didn't ask them to be, we we. Wanted to dedicate them to the Lord. Woo, don't we live in a day where parents are asking their kids, do you want to serve the Lord? Do you want to go to church? Do you, what? I didn't grow up in that. When you're under the roof, you're going to the house. No wonder why your kids are running your house. Oh, that's another story. Whoa, I just lit that grenade and walked away. All right, I got to go on. Whoa, my God, we don't spank our kids, they stand in the corner. Oh, okay, great. You can't talk about anything in parenting with kids, and people get offended. We got to get over it, because the Bible is the best book for parenting and correction. Okay, uh, that, I just went off course, I'm sorry, I'm coming... (laughs) Way, but we 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 dedicated our three kids to the Lord when they were babies, just like many of you did. And listen, when we came, we said, "God, thank you for giving us these children. We give them back to you. We make a vow; they're yours." And so, I don't want anybody to think, because we you know as we do baby dedication here quarterly, that as we do it, that that when the ceremony is done here, we've prayed the prayer. You said, wow, so glad I did that because I can't wait because 20 years from now, they will be a mighty man of God or a mighty woman of God. They, it, that won't happen by itself. The Bible says train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. That means there's going to be training, hard work, prayer on your part as parents to remain faithful in digging ditches for their lives. What am I saying? Don't let this world raise your children. Come on. God's put it within you, sir or ma'am, to raise your kids. Now, none of us are perfect parents. We get that out there. No, we know that. There's all kinds of parenting mistakes we've all done and through it, but we've kept going. And God's called us to be faithful to that and stay faithful to the calling. You and I are products of someone that has been faithful in our past. I am only here today because someone was faithful to continue to go forward and be faithful to the Lord. You and I are only here because someone was faithful to pay the price before us. So leave that legacy for your children and your children's children as they come behind you. You might need a financial miracle and you're not digging the ditches of giving and tithing so that God can bring his blessing into your life. Hear me today, hear me today, hear me today. People are praying for a financial miracle. There would be an upturn, but there's so many people that are not even obedient to the word of the Lord and they're expecting God to hand them out a blessing. No, it's tied together. It's tied together. When I came into Christ, it wasn't an option. We hate to hear that in our day because we're a society full of options. You've got to start carving out places in your life for ditch digging. You, you, you mean I've got to get a shovel? You mean I got to dig and I got to train? I mean, you just like give first, God says. Give first the first fruits. Come on, church, don't, 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 don't stone me. I'm just the messenger today. I'm just pronouncing the word of the Lord. Yes, God loves acts of faithfulness. God loves it when we dig a ditch and we don't even know what's going to happen next. And we just obey God and we walk by faith and we're not by sight. There may be some of you in this room today that has, been called into full-time ministry, and I applaud you for that, that you feel that God has placed that upon your heart and your life, and, and God has been talking to you and maybe saying something, I'm calling you, my hand's upon your life, and I have a special place for you, and, and I, what I want you to know, this is, we have ministry and training happening all the time in this church, but it takes digging the ditch of serving in ministry, You might think, well, you know, that since you have a call of God in your life, someone's just going to come knocking on your door. I can tell you, I've been in this long enough. That doesn't happen. And starting off, it for surely did not happen. That you just go after it and you stay faithful to what God has put you on task to do. You, you stay faithful that, that you, know, you know, hey, I'd, I'd like to be in full-time ministry. And I think that that's amazing, whether it's kids and st- or students and worship and men's, women's. It, it, does, it doesn't matter. It, you know, you've got to stay faithful to this. And, and, and I've said this before, and I hope you hear my heart in it. But, but let me just tell you something. Full-time ministry is not easy. And many times it is heart-wrenching. Because you see people come into the church, and they get changed, and you think there's a real life change in that, and then they slip away, and they go back to the previous lifestyle, and your heart gets wrenched in the middle of that process, just like many of you know that as well, and you see that, and it is, it is is heart-wrenching to see that, that It is so hard in that, that people come and then people go and you're like, wow, why did they go? We don't know why they went. There's others, well, we knew why they went. But it is so heart-wrenching to stay with the process of that, to know that at the end of the month, this just doesn't come down to a dollar sign. This comes down to people's souls and it's for eternity. That's why we're in this. But let me tell you something, there's another side to that, that even though it's not easy, there's another side to it where you see people's lives that have been changed for the kingdom of God, and you see them delivered from their their, their bondage, and you see them walk in freedom, and you see the life of God, and you see the life change. That puts wind in our sails every day of the week, because that's what it's all about. Amen? You know, it means you're going to have to do some things differently than you've been doing, like sacrificing, peeling away the stuff that, that we do and be and, and be devoted to what God has called you to. And, and let me just say this, full-time ministry is a calling like there's a lot of callings out there. It doesn't mean it's any better. It's just like a calling of somebody, a teacher in a nursing field, a medical, whatever it may be. It's a calling. It's a calling. It's a high and mighty calling, but it's, it's a calling, just like you. It means that we're going to have to push past some things. And, and um, there's some ditches to be dug. There are areas that God is wanting faithfulness in before he can give you the miracle. The miracles that you've been wanting and the call that he has upon your life. Between where you are and where God wants you, we're all going to have to dig some ditches. Whether it's a parent, a person here, or somebody that wants to have a financially better future, we are partners with God, and as we show God our faith, God shows us his faithfulness. But God can only do what God can do, and he's calling us to partner with him. see every form of ministry at Abundant Life Church is a form of ditch digging. It's ditch digging. An invitation is an act of faith that we know most people come and connect to this church through invitation, that they have personally invited. Now, as the digital age continues to grow and speedily move forward, we have a lot of people there's passes on the interstate out here. Some people just get on the Internet, and that's the new day we live in. But most time when people come and then they stay, it was because of a personal invite, that they knew somebody. So an invitation is an act of faith amongst the many that are out there. But, but it's so crazy. You know, I called this week to make an appointment to get my hair cut. And, and, and the lady asked me for my email, which had Abundant Life Church in it. And she says, I think most of the people in my neighborhood come to your church that you pastor. I said, awesome. She says, they've even invited me. And I said, what neighborhood is that? She says, that's Meadows Edge. I was like, whoa. Come on. We need to give it up from Meadows Edge. That, yeah. Y'all are representing in the house, Meadows Edge. Come on. Wow. I was like, this is crazy. An invitation is an act of faith. You're believing that they're going to come and their life is going to be changed. You're You're just inviting them, right? It's an act of ditch digging. Because why? Because Jesus wants those that do not have hope to find hope. Those that are unsaved would be saved someone who is lost that they would be found to have faith in God we dig ditches and we don't know we just obey God we dig ditches we stand at the door we help people in from the parking lot all throughout the campus on Sunday morning there are people that are volunteers they're welcoming and loving people and that's amazing about this church that I so love well what's the guarantee if I do that pastor there's no guarantee it's an act of faith There is no guarantee, but what you're doing is an act of faith. So when we show God our faith, God shows us his faithfulness. And all that we do as a church is to build our lives as a catalyst that Christ is the foundation. All of our plans, and listen to me, all of our plans and all of our ideas are not always going to work. Some are going to crumble and not work out, but Jesus said, One man built his house upon the rock. And another man built his house upon the sand and he comes and he tells this story and the person who builds on the firm foundation, their house will stand. And the only way to live your life and to pass a life of legacy onto your kids and your grandkids and great-grandchildren is to have a firm foundation in Jesus, faithfully digging the ditch. Faithfully staying where God has put you and doing it with your very best. You've got to dig ditches, dig deep for God's purposes and plans for your life. I'm talking about digging ditches today. I'm talking about acts of faith. I'm talking about acts of faith because we are a New Testament church that, that we live in the dynamic of the book of Acts and onward. We live in the dynamic that that was the book of Acts for a reason because they acted on their faith. Amen? We are that New Testament church. We are called to live there. And so I'm talking about staying faithful to the end with an attitude of obedience. I'm talking about to those in your marriages today, to the husband and to the wife that are in this room or in the sound of my voice, wherever you are at, God is calling you to dig some ditches and stay planted in that marriage that God gave you in the first place and you need to learn to fight for your marriage and you need to dig the ditches today. Come on. I'm talking to the single person here that you would remain pure in your relationship until you are married. That you need to dig the ditches that are hard. Amen. I'm talking about those that didn't even make church a regular part of their life. That you would dig the ditch and you would come and you would experience the community of one another and be encouraged. I'm talking to those today. They need to grow their private reality of their devotional walk before the Lord. I'm talking to you, dig the ditch. Nobody can do it for you. You've got to dig deep for the purposes of God. Why? Because we faithfully give our lives to the one who never gave up on us. God never gives up. He's faithful. He's faithful. And the only way that we can accomplish this is the power of the Spirit. I I don't want you to miss this because this is so important. The fruits are tied to the Spirit. And without the Spirit of God, we cannot produce the fruit that's in keeping with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So we don't take the Holy Spirit for granted. We don't undermine his work here, but we believe why we do what we do here needs the power of the Holy Spirit in every service and everything that we do. If not, it's just done in the flesh of man. Called to dig the ditch. So many times we overthink and we underact. And what I want to remind you today is this. God did not give us a small commission. He gave us a great commission. He has not given us a small commission. He's given us a great commission to reach the world, to disciple them, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. He's given us a great commission. And that's why we feel even upon us as we move towards this multi-site, as we move towards this plant next year, that the reason why we do this is because it's not a small commission. It's a great commission. It's a great commission and it's worth our entire lives giving to that so another person can hear, another community can be changed so that we reach out so God gets the glory. Because God has called us, God has given us words that have been been, um, confirmed through people that there would be multiple streams that would go out of this house. There would be life-giving streams that would go out. There would be life-giving streams that, that, that would be given out to people that are lost and that are hurting. And we believe this is one of those streams, but in the years ahead, we believe that there are gonna be more streams that God is gonna allow to come out of this church and it's going to overflow into our communities. And we're gonna see more communities that are gonna know Jesus and gonna follow the Lord house by house. Amen. Neighborhood by neighborhood. I mean, come on, that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God. You take territory. That's the kingdom. So what am I saying today? I'm saying stop sitting on your hands, church. Stop waiting for something to happen and get yourself in to what God has called us to do together. This church is more than Sunday morning that we come to lift up and celebrate the Lord, there's a greater purpose for us. It's the kingdom. It's disciple-making. It's baptizing. It's the life change that God does, but it takes all of us together to make that happen. You know, as I was preparing uh, this message, I came across this story, and I want to talk to you about it before we end, and then we're going to pray. Is In World War I and World War II, there were what was called um, victory gardens planted. There were gardens that were planted. We see shelters that were surrounded by gardens, the French military trenches during World War I. There's pictures of those out there. There were these planted in the United States over World War II. In the midst of the horrible conflict, gardens were planted in Jewish ghettos. German POW camps Japanese American internment camps in the the U.S. gardens they were planted by people who lived in war-torn areas of Sarajevo and today gardens are sprouting up in the deserts of Iraq and Afghanistan understand that these gardens were more than just a source of food they are symbols of survival symbols of life in the midst of the most difficult circumstances and a researcher uh, from the University of Oregon Kenneth Helfand said this They are an obdurate refusal to give in to the horror of hell so close at hand. And he goes on to call them defiant gardens. Defiant gardens. I was drawn to the story because there's a very real sense. That is the world which you and I live, that we are called to plant our own defiant gardens. Not against God, but against the world. After all, as followers of Christ, we are living in enemy territory. Every day we work and raise our families in a culture that embraces morals that are increasingly contrary to the teachings of the Bible, a society where Christians are often ridiculed for their faith. And in this hostile environment, our Lord has called us to bear fruit in keeping with his righteousness. We are to grow and mature in such a way that we look more like Jesus and less like this world that we have to plant defiant gardens in the ground where we are at, where we are living today, and know that God is going to give us the victory, but it's going to take you and I digging the ditches to make it happen. You're going to have to plant your root system down deep, sir, ma'am, in these days, because it's not getting any better. I wish I could tell you something different, but it's not, and you would tell me you're a liar if I did. You're going to have to put your root system down deep into a God that does not waver. And you're going to have to put your victory garden in. You're going to to do without seeing it. You might not even see the fruit of it in this lifetime. Your kids may see it. They might. Maybe your grandkids. I don't know you and I are gonna to have to plant some defiant gardens. And there are people in this room today that you need to plant that defiant garden. And I wanna just, we all just stand to our feet today because what I'm gonna do, we're gonna end in worship, but our ministry team is going to come. There are some of you in this room today that you are going through a situation where your faith isn't very high and you need to know that you can stand in it, you can plant your defiant garden against the work of the enemy and for the Lord and that God is going to give you the victory no matter what you see right now. So as I'm speaking to you right now, who in this room today just knows as you go through this that you need more faith to go through the situation that you're in and that you just want somebody just in this room to be able to pray with you and stand with you as you plant your roots deep. For a garden of victory. If you're here today and God is saying this to you, can you raise your hand? Come on. Come on, raise your hand. Thank you. That God is speaking to you right now. And let me tell you, we're gonna pray for you. I want those of you that feel comfortable to get out of your seat today, and I want those of you that raised your hands, maybe you didn't raise your hands, I want you to come and I want you to begin to come to this altar. Come on. As an act, come on. It's an act of faith. It's an act of faith. You're stepping into it. We live in that New Testament dynamic. So as you come today, we have a ministry team. Come on, come on, church, just respond. If you've been in the balcony, come on down, come on down. God is going to flood people's lives today. They're going to come and say, I'm going to do some personal ditch digging in this place, and I'm going to make a statement of my faith, and I'm going to see gardens of victory, fruits of faithfulness to not give up in Jesus.